You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Pleased to be joined by Joel Corey, the former agent, now a sports business and contracts analyst for CBSSports.com. Joel, thanks for taking the time. Take us back to yesterday. What was your reaction when you heard the mega deal that Garoppolo had received from the 49ers? Uh, first, I was surprised the deal was done this quickly. I originally thought the timetable would be after the franchise tag deadline, uh, March 6th, before anything would get done. And then I thought that maybe they would wait to see what happened with Kirk Cousins to see if he got some sort of deal which weighs the bar more than this deal does and tried to come in under that one. But apparently San Francisco put their best foot forward and I always said as an agent, if you can get the deal you want, with a structure that you're satisfied with, you go ahead and do the deal regardless of what may happen in the marketplace afterwards. Joe, when you look at how the, the value of quarterbacks have gone over the years, how do you really put it in a box? Because there's really no box when it comes to the value of a quarterback to certain organizations. You know, sometimes you slot them, of course, when it comes to drafts. You sometimes slot them when it comes to free agency. Uh, but the way it looks right now, starting off with Andrew Luck with his $87 bucks guarantee. Now Jimmy Garoppolo, seven games where he had a chance to start, and he's won all games, he gets $74 million guaranteed. How do you now, moving forward with the Kirk Cousins, with the Drew Breeses, with the Aaron Rodgers, how do you gauge the worth or the value of these players with these prospective teams? Well, as far as I'm concerned, the quarterback market is finally starting to increase at a rate it should it remained pretty stagnant after Aaron Rodgers signed his deal in 2013. The needle really didn't move until Andrew Luck in 2016. So I think we're now having a little catch-up from where the deals didn't escalate. Now when you have a guy who started five games become the highest-paid player, that's something that the more established quarterbacks look at, and they have to be looking their chops. To me, Kirk Cousins – was pretty good for three years as a starter, so that gives him justification to try to get some team, if he's an unrestricted free agent, to pay him $30 million per year. If not him, Matt Ryan's probably going to need a contract extension this offseason. If he chooses to go out and try to maximize his value, he could be the guy. And Aaron Rodgers historically has gotten contracts with two years left on his deal. That's where he'll be this offseason. I will be shocked if he's not in a $30 million per year club if those other two don't get there. Joel, do you think one of those names you mentioned, let's say for the sake of this conversation, Aaron Rodgers, could make history and say, forget about voidable years. I want the total deal to be fully guaranteed. I want the NBA structure here in the NFL. At some point, somebody's going to do that with a quarterback of that type of caliber. You really have to fall off of a cliff not to play through your contract. So I'm not sure for a quarterback and the discount you'd have to give to get the fully guaranteed contract, it would be worth it for for an Aaron Rodgers. Maybe for a Kirk Cousins, that may make more sense if he can do that, particularly if he's not going to get the dollars he thinks he's going to get. That would be a way to distinguish the contract. But for an Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to he's probably going to go out and maximize the money, whatever that may be, because the likelihood that he plays through the contract is greater than it is for most other players. Joe, you mentioned the word maximize. Um, when you look at Nick Foles and his position that he's in, how does he maximize his opportunity after becoming the MVP of the Super Bowl? Well, part of it is going to depend on what Philadelphia wants to do, because he is under contract through next season. 
he's going to make $7 million. If they're comfortable that Carson Wentz is going to be able to play opening day and play effectively, then they're probably going to look to move him maybe to Minnesota since his quarterback coach, John Filippo is now the offensive coordinator. Um, maybe they'll be able to get a King's ransom for him, given the, the uh, lack of quality quarterbacks, even though this year you're going to have more in the market than before. So it's all going to depend on what Philadelphia potentially could get for him and two, what's his health. I think if he does get moved, he's he may be in a position to parlay that into a $20 million per year extension. Chatting with Joel Corey from CBSSports.com. Joel, as a former agent, what would you make of the financial component of the Alex Smith trade to Washington? Not only the amount of guaranteed money, but the number of years. I don't think the number of years are really that outrageous, given the fact that he's 33, 34, and he had a couple of quarterbacks from the 2008 draft class um, in 2015, around the same age, signed four-year extensions. The good thing is that he's getting a nice raise out of that. He was scheduled to make $17 million. He's gonna, the new money is going to average like $23.5 million. Compared to what they were going to have to pay Kirk Cousins, the Redskins got a pretty good bargain, even though there's supposedly $71 million in overall guarantees. Since the deal hasn't been finalized yet until – he can be traded first day of the league year on March 14th. We don't know exactly how much is fully guaranteed at signing, which is most important. And I'm going to peg that at somewhere between 45 and 50 million. That's a lot of money. How do you deal with Case Keenum? Do you give him an opportunity to get big money, or, or you just play the game of let's just give him a three-year deal worth 25, but let's just say 45 million bucks or something to that extent? Do you give him a big deal? No, if I'm Minnesota, I might just stick a transition tag on him for $21 million. Because um, if you have him sitting there on the cap for $21 million, you can match anything, and that gives you the flexibility to decide if you want to go forward on whatever offer a team makes. And they would have to do something pretty special to deter you from matching. That would also buy you more time to see if to, this past season was an anomaly or what you see from Keenum on a go-forward basis. As we think about the wide receiver position, if Des Bryant is not perceived to be a number one anymore, and I think that's a fair assessment, how do the Cowboys approach his contract moving forward? He said he's not going to take a pay cut, so this could be interesting. <laughs> Whether you can uh, get him to stay there for a reduced salary, the one thing that will happen if they approach him from a pay cut is his agent is going to circle around the teams and survey the lay of the land to see what makes the most sense. If he thinks that whatever the proposed pay cut is, he could get more from another team, then he's going to rebuff those alternatives or their overtures. If not, then he's going to be more likely to play ball with Dallas. Um, So we'll see whether he's in a Dallas uniform or not, but I don't think he's got tremendous trade value given his salaries like $2.5 for the next two years and his production has been closer to a number two receiver than a number one receiver since he signed the contract. How, how about Le'Veon Bell? You know, Le'Veon Bell is, last year was, was in position to try to get something big, but they gave him a franchise tag. Do you think the Steelers go out of their way to make sure that he's good? And also, there, there's conversation about extending Ben Roethlisberger for maybe for a couple more years. Personally, I would not pay Le'Veon Bell. I would franchise him second time at $14.5 million set an all-time record for touches for him, have him give him 500 touches this year, run him into the ground, 
draft a replacement and let somebody else pay him when you're probably going to have diminishing returns for him. Last year they gave him an offer of $12 million per year. Pittsburgh does deals which never have the type of guaranteed money in them as other teams, so that's a constraint you're going to have to live within. The running back market has fallen off of a cliff the past couple of years. You have Devonta Freeman, highest-paid running back in a long-term deal at $8.25 million a year. That's less than what Steven Jackson got 10 years ago. So Bell has a lot of things working against him. He's coming off of a very good year, so his price tag's probably going to go up. Seems like Pittsburgh's been a little receptive to trying to get something done. Personally, I wouldn't. With Roethlisberger, it's kind of interesting to me that he's now no longer in the Brett Favre, I may retire, retire mode, and he could conceivably play until his late 30s. If you're going to extend him and get cap relief from him, you're probably going to have to put him in that same neighborhood as the Matt Ryans, Aaron Rodgers of the world, which is what they've done in the past two extensions, made him second-highest paid player each time. So that's going to cost a pretty penny if they do so. Joel Corey of CBSSports.com is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Joel, last one for me. What can you tell us about the details of A.J. McCarron's arbitration case? And if he wins it, what's the marketplace looking like for him as a free agent? Well, this comes down to simply one thing. Um, Was he put on the non-football injury list appropriately, which right now is costing him a year of service for free agency? If he was supposed to be on injured reserve, he gets the year of service for free agency and then he's an unrestricted free agent. If he's restricted, Cincinnati's probably going to put a first-round tender on him for a little over $4 million, maybe try to move him um, at that point. Um, he's got to be one of those bridge deal-type quarterbacks, given he hasn't played in the past two years, even though he should have a playoff win to his belt. Uh, I would look at him as that Mike Glennon-type range on a two-, three-year deal, $45 million over three years if he is an unrestricted free agent. Joe, we appreciate the insights. Thanks for joining us again on the NFL on TuneIn. Sure, thanks for having me. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.